0: I think we're good yeah we still got Nancy just got to be careful of Nancy out there (laughs) I love Nancy all right good morning guys here I am again Here I am again. It's a busy week, but it's a good week. Um, Before I get started here today, uh, I want to pray and uh, just continue to saturate our time in prayer and seeking the face of God uh, because he is in the midst of us. So let's do that. Oh, Father, I thank you so that you continue to move among your people. God, that from days of old even until now, Lord, that you uh, have made a way, that you continue to speak, you continue to sovereignly move among us to make your ways known, and I pray that in this place today that your heart would be conveyed through me. I pray, God, that the things you want to say, the things you want to speak, and the things you want to impart would be uh, conveyed today, would be given as a gift. And I bless you and I thank you for this honor and this privilege to be before these people who you love so much. Just pray that you would be continuously moving among us today, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, uh, we're just continuing on, Well, I say welcome, welcome to the Y series if you're just joining us today. <laughs> We've been in this... Uh, We've been in this series for a couple of weeks called the Why Series, not the letter Y, but W-H-Y. Um, why do we do what we do? We're uh, kind of expanding upon things, whether it's in church, our own lives, the, the, the Christian life, and it's important. It's important to ask the why question. When you start asking why, it causes you to dig deeper. It causes you to break through laziness. It causes you not to settle. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what God, God uh, loves for us to ask why. You know, He, he is uh, God can be found in the secret place. He's not, he's not hiding from us. He's hiding for us. <laughs> we, need, we need to pursue him. We need to seek after him. And so asking the why question is, is essential. But as we continue on the roadmap, I think we've been passed out a couple roadmaps here and there, but we're, when I say roadmap, we're talking about next steps, right? We're talking about uh, where we are in our journey with the Lord, whether it's from the time of, hey, I, I gave my life to Jesus, now what, to, uh, you know, to being baptized, having, uh, taking, partaking of communion, the Lord's Supper with the saints, uh, to uh, giving, like we talked about last week, being generous, um, being in small groups, all the things that we talk about. What does it mean to be in Christian community and what does it mean to actually follow Jesus? And the reason why we're continuing to go through this is because we are genuinely wanting to partner with God in what he's doing in the Lakes region. We are, uh, we've been saying it over and over again. We are joining God in what he's already started, right? Isn't that Jesus' heart? That I, I only do what I see the Father doing. And so that's, that's been our desire from the outset as we've been you know pushing forward and, and seeing God move and wanting to bring everyone into a place of uh, fullness and, and wholeness and, and uh, being fulfilled in the sense of uh, stepping into God's calling. Because each one of you have a calling. Each one of you have destiny in Christ. Each one of you has something to offer that cannot be given outside of yourself. You have something very unique to give away. And so it's important that you know Where you are on your journey, you know, what is your next step is always going to be the constant theme throughout the series is what is your next step? You are currently in a place in your life right now that demands a next step, okay? And so in this, this is kind of part two, last week Pastor Dick spoke on uh, generosity, the blessings of generosity, being generous, giving, um, and just being generous in general, but this week, I want to talk about the idea, the basic idea of stewardship, um, and or just managing managing resources, right? Uh, stewardship's kind of an older word, you know, it's not like you, I, pretty much you, you hear it if you're in church, I think. I think that's the thing, if I'm just being honest. I, you know, I don't know, steward, well, they don't use that anymore. Flight attendant. Flight attendant, Martha. Um, so, but, uh, according to Wikipedia, stewardship is an ethic that embodies the responsible planning and management of resources. Uh, even earlier than this definition, though, the idea of stewardship came from being what was known as a steward. Again, according to Wikipedia as a source, stewardship was originally made up of the tasks of a domestic steward from a hall, or they were a guard, a guardian, you know, mostly for castles. They would manage the castle on behalf of king. They they would manage it. They were responsible, even though it wasn't theirs. So stewardship in the beginning referred to uh, the household servants' duties for bringing food, drink. Um, There were different responsibilities that eventually would expand to including everything domestic, service, but basically management needs for the entire household. Now, stewardship is uh, generally recognized uh, as the acceptance or assignment of responsibility, and this is key, to shepherd and safeguard the valuables of others. And isn't that the Christian life? <laughs> you know, if you are in Christ, I was saying this earlier, Like you, you have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives in you. Right? I read that somewhere in the Bible. <laughs> but what we receive in life is always meant to be poured out. Whatever we get, we give. It's never meant to just like come to us and then like, ha, 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 ha like, it's all mine. That would be weird if you said it that way too. Um... <laughs> Spend enough time around two-year-olds that finally learn to talk. Mine, you ever ever, ever hear a two or three-year-old say "mine"? Be careful. But as we discussed last week, the the idea of generosity, um, the generosity and blessing, our uh, giving away is but the fruit of the inward transformation as a result of dying to self and living for God. We are blessed to be a blessing. You see that theme throughout the entire scriptures, right? When Abraham is commissioned in the Old Testament, he's known the father of faith, he had communion with God, he talked to God, he knew God directly, and he, he had friendship with God, and he knew his mission was, hey, God, God tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you to bless the nations around you. It was never meant to be, hey, I'll bless you so you're blessed, you know, there's a continuation of it. It's a continuation of, I'm blessing you for the reason of being a blessing to those around you. I'm going to use you. And so God pours into us, and he, he wants us to pour out into others. It's a, it's a continuous flow. Think of it like, like a river, you know, the water that just keeps moving, you know. If it, if it feeds into a lake, if it feeds into a body of water that doesn't go anywhere, what happens? The water gets stagnant. Gets kind of mucky. It's the place you're like, ooh, I don't know if we want to go for a swim there. Gets <laughs> a little gross. So, if generosity and cheerful giving are one side of the coin, managing—I guess I'd say—managing uh, blessings would be the other. Now, I say blessings because anything we've been given is meant to be a blessing. Even in the earlier definition of stewardship, talking about managing resources. We're talking about managing money specifically in this context as well. Um, But blessings can be a number of things, right? It's not just about money. And yet, Jesus talks about money a lot. And you know why he talks about money a lot? Because he knows people, like, get poked. People have, like, a money button. Do you know that you have a money button? It gets pushed in different ways, different times. It gets pushed around Christmas time. (laughs) It gets to be like Thanksgiving. You're like, oh, Christmas! Totally forgot it was this year. You know? (laughs) But blessings are meant to be used in practical ways and supernatural ways. And there are, I mean, there are three obvious things that I see in our lives that we can steward, that we can manage of what God's given us. Um, And I say steward because... I I really believe it it means that these things don't belong to us but we manage them on behalf of the Lord. Okay? And they are our time, our talents and our treasure. 3 T's, make it easy. Time, talent and treasure. And it's funny cuz we you know, we always do think of my, I'll I'll talk about money and and that stuff last, but time is a uh, man It's like the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, man, my time is valuable. Never realize the commodity of time until you have kids. You're like, this is like gold. My wife and I got out last night. We went for a dinner date. It was like the first time in a while because we're intentionally doing that. But at the same time, it was like, this is nice just seeing you. Instead of hearing things in the background, right? It's the things you come to appreciate. Um, man, but time. Time, time is, a, is a commodity. Time is something like, you know, you look in your calendar and how many, how, many, uh, how often do you say to someone like, well, I got I to gotta see, well, I don't know, like I'm kind of busy. It's like everything revolves around time. Everything revolves around time. Time is, is like just so precious. You ever, <laughs> I'm not doing Lord of the Rings analogies. Not in this sermon anyways, the next one. Um, You ever had someone ask you to help them move? Yeah, <laughs> grumbling, <laughs> low-level grumbling. The very thought is a struggle. The heavy furniture, is it going to be a nice day, is it going to be snowing out, is it like, you know, is it raining, is it 95, humid, you know, all the, all the things you're like, oh, all the reasons why moving is not good any day ever but it's time it's effort it's like ah oh, man and just to say it's it's going to cost me something ah. management management time you know it's it's interesting how um i uh because of what i do for for work outside of uh being a pastor here is is time management time management is so crucial because of Clients I work with and the people that are depending on me for answers on things and so prompt responses and and making sure this gets done by this time deadlines all of that it, it pushes you it pushes you especially if you're not a uh, a disciplined person and then you're being forced into this like you know disciplined role and you're like man like everyone's so strict you know you're just like you, you immediately revert to this like man what's their problem they want things done on time like I love that. The uh, what was the, what was that mug I told you I wanted you to get me? The one uh, I'm talking to my wife. Sorry, it's like having a conversation here. The uh, no, I was like, uh, what? Are you, uh, the communication? Yes, yes, yes. No, I'm not doing any kisses, kissy faces. Um, sorry. No, I was just talking about promising to get something done. You don't need to keep asking me every six months. You know. Um. <laughs> But time. When you're not disciplined, when you're not, when you, when you when you don't have discipline, self-control in your life, it's like things just go the wayside. Like, oh yeah, I was busy. What were you busy doing? Doing a whole lot of nothing, probably. I don't know. I might have been like YouTube searching or something, or uh, you know, saw a cool documentary on whales that I got distracted by and probably should have done something more important. Um, but it's time. It's it's our calendars. It's it's the thing that. Um, you know, we don't think of necessarily when we think of management, and yet managing our time is, is of the most importance because, uh, you know, sometimes time is the only thing that we have to offer. Sometimes time is like the one thing we're like, well, I have some of this, but like, well, I've got a small margin of it, and so I don't want to give away too much, and you have to say yes to, some, to one thing to say no to another thing, Right? Someone's car. I don't know whose car that is, but get some key fobs out there It's someone's I don't know everyone keeps looking at the door, so I figured I'd acknowledge it so I would get that out of the way Beep 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 So there's time Uh, there's also our talent, okay, we all have uh, different giftings that the Lord has given to us uh, that not everyone has This is another example of how the analogy of the body that the the Apostle Paul uses is just so relevant in the Scriptures, where he talks about the body of Christ and the different body parts. How you know the uh, the eye needs the hand as much as it needs the feet. Like they all are very unique in their own way. They serve their own purpose, and yet they fulfill the structure of the body. And there's, there's importance there. There's importance, there's, there's dignity given to each person. And so in our own lives, we have things that we can give away. We have skills, we have talents, we have um, abilities that we have that um, really can benefit others. And so when we look at that, we have to say, okay, Lord, you like, I didn't decide to have the mind that I have. It wasn't like I was like 13, I'm like, what do I want to be when I grow up? you know you, it was like my brain is wired a certain way because of god-given abilities i have i have propensities towards certain things in in the areas of skill and i it's funny how even with music you know i lead worship here and and i've always known music was going to be a part of my life i never knew that i'd be uh singing in churches or you know that that wasn't what i was thinking when i was growing up like hey i'm going to I'm going to sing in church when I grow up, you know? I used to know how to sing. I knew I could sing. I knew I could play instruments. I knew it came easily to me. But it wasn't because it was like, oh, it's all the, the you know, my own, my own efforts and whatever I did. It was, it was acknowledging like, wow, like, I've really been given a gift. And when I came to know the Lord, the natural response was just to worship him. The natural response was just to be like, oh, I use this for the Lord. I'm not using this for myself. And so we all have something unique to give in that area of, of uh, you know, our giftings. And then there's of course the, the area of our treasure. And probably the most common item of the three to be taught, um, you know, because how we handle money is so closely related to how well we do in life, honestly. Um, you know, notice I didn't say how much money we have determines how well we do in life. <laughs> Yes, Eric. (laughs) Um, It's how we handle what we have. It's what we do with what we have. You know, sometimes it it can be easily the the world will feed you away to kind of get out of your troubles, you know, whether it's uh, praying on people with the lottery. I mean, the lottery is kind of funny to me, you know, tickets. But (laughs) But... you know, just getting a pile of money isn't going to fix uh, discipline issues, right? And people are like, if I won the lottery, this is what i do. It's like, tell me what you do on a regular basis, and I'll tell you what you do with the money you're going to get. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It won't be rocket science either. It's about being faithful with what you have in your hand. You know, how many of you are, are going to give money to someone... And if you knew they needed to pay their light bill, but you knew they had an addiction problem just be real how many here are going to give them the 200 bucks straight up and be like, "I trust you?" Yeah. Um, and it's interesting how it's funny, and I say this to myself as well, that we don't look at the mirror in the mirror and think God plays by some different set of rules. You know, we can fool ourselves into thinking that God will just continue letting us ride the guardrails of grace in life. You know, but he doesn't want to bless us to the point where it becomes a curse. He's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for stewards. He's looking for someone who is like, whoa, I I can trust you. It's interesting. I want to go through a couple... Just a couple of these scriptures of uh, a couple parables that Jesus um yeah, let's do that. Which one did it first? Can we go to that first one? I think it was the Matthew. Is that right? Okay, sweet. All right, in Matthew 25. It's a commonly heard parable from Jesus when it comes to the issue of money, but this is really it's it's not just about money, it's about managing management, money management, resource management. It's like what did you do what did you do according to your ability? Let's read this. Is that right? Okay, verse 14. All right, so this is what it says. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. So already right out of the start. The the management entrustment is according to the ability. So it's not just a random like, all right, we'll see what you do with five, we'll see what you do with two, we'll see what you do with one. There was already a presupposition of According to what you can do, I'm going to give you something, okay? Keep that in there. So then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he, had, and he made five talents more. So, he al- so also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master... You delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gathered where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, give it to the one who has ten, for to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whoa, that escalated quickly. All right. So, he already knew there was going to be uh, a potential problem. <laughs> Because according to the abilities, he's like, all right, we'll see what they do. I'll, I'll give this guy more, give this guy a little less, give this guy less. But we'll see. We'll give him a chance. We'll give him a chance. See what they do with it. I think it played out as the master thought it would. Probably not as he hoped it would, because you tell by his response that that's not what he was hoping for. <laughs> he had a hunch. <laughs> he, had a, he had a feeling. But he, he, he keys in on this idea of faithfulness of being faithful with what was given to them, knowing that he could trust the two, but not really the third one. And then you see the response of what happens with the third one, and it seems unfair. It's like, well, like, you know, take from the, you know, take from the guy who doesn't have any and give it to the guy who has more. Like, that's not what Bernie Sanders said. He said, do it the other way. And Jesus, so you're confusing me. Because I just watched the news. All right, anyways, all right, I'll be fair. I'll be fair. Um, but the thing is, is that he's looking for faithfulness, not necessarily looking for how much you have, it's what are you going to do with what is given to you? And I want to read another parable that Jesus said, it's, it's similar to this one, not the, not the same, but it's the parable, instead of the parable of the minas, it's the parable of the talents and it's found in Luke's gospel in chapter 19, if you want to flip there. These are good, by the way. Yeah. Gotta love God's word. It'll challenge you. It's good. Thank you. <clears throat> so, chapter nineteen, verse twelve. Uh, I'm going to start with verse eleven, just to just because. Uh, As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable. Jesus, because he was near to Jerusalem, and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. So he said, "Therefore, now, now I'm there." The first came before him, saying, Lord, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. Whoa. That's interesting. just went from, like, money to cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank and at my coming? I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to the one who has ten. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten minas. Sounds fair, right? Whining? He's already got ten, Lord. And I tell you that everyone who has more will be given, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. You know, no big deal. All right. So, go from kind of the equivalent. So we go from the, the, uh, what's the, the, Comparison of the the difference. Um, let me look. Hang on. It's interesting. In the first parable, they were given power over stuff. Talents. Here's here's some more talents. Here's here's some stuff. In the parable of the minas in the similar story told, they were, they were rewarded for their stewardship with power over cities. You know, it's interesting seeing the difference when, uh, you know, the, what I see out of this is the Lord, so his desire isn't just to be like, hey, can you not be stupid with money? <laughs> it's probably like a low-level goal somewhere along the way, right? Like, don't be stupid with money. Um... But his heart in stewardship, his heart for us, is that, um, that we would have influence. That we would have a kingdom influence wherever we go. Circling back, blessed to be a blessing. To be smart, to, to, be, to be shrewd. Um, it's interesting. I wasn't, uh, I'm going to read it and then we'll, we'll close off because I'm going to land this jumbo jet in a second here. But as I go to that, no, it's interesting because the guy, you know, it's like the guys who had the talents, you know, they were rewarded with more money, but they didn't get as much authority as the guys with the minus. You know, both groups are rewarded, so there's a level of faithfulness, there's a level of reward that goes in with that faithfulness. It's not like we can be like, all right, God, I'm just trusting God's going to just dump money in my lap somewhere along the way. It's like, no, like we need to be wise with what we have. So even when it comes to our, our finances, our time, our talents, the thing is, what are we doing with the things God has given to us? We have been entrusted with sacred stuff. I'd say sacred stuff. It sounds more, more Christian-y. I don't know. Yeah, I want to read this and then send you home with confusion. Okay. So Luke 16. One more, one more. Cause this one just gets—I I love Jesus. I love Jesus. He just—he doesn't pull any punches. And then, he, and, and, and like after he's done speaking, it, it leaves you like thinking. Because sometimes we just want answers. Like Jesus, just tell me. Like what—what what is this? And it's like he kind of leaves you walking away. Like, okay, I gotta—I gotta like kind of—I gotta stew on that for a while. One more—one more parable he uses to talk about money. Luke 16, chap, uh, verse one. He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager. And charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. Bad manager. And he called him and he said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. You fired. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not, a, I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm, and I'm ashamed to beg. At least, at least he was honest, huh? I have decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, so not the people who owed him, the people who owed his master, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, oh, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, all right, take your bill, Sit down quickly and write 50. (laughs) Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, oh, 100 measures of wheat. And he said, take your bill, write 80. Like, did you see where this is going? (laughs) The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. (laughs) I love this, I love this. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. (laughs) So good. I love Jesus. So let's pause there real quick. So you're thinking like, okay, so this dude just cut off people's bills and went back to the master like, hey, you're going to get less from these guys. And the master's like, ah, good one. <laughs> what is that? What is that? But he goes on. It says one verse, uh, verse ten. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth. Who will entrust to you to true riches? So this is where the tie-in for money comes in. Because if we're being stupid with money, if we're not being wise like we should be, Jesus is saying, how on earth am I going to trust you with something that's more precious? And, keep going, (laughs) if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, Who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So this is on the roadmap of life, because... Getting, your, getting your, your finances in order is a big deal. It's the difference of um, being stressed out constantly and being under the weight of, you know, feeling like I can't take care of myself or there's just things like, you know, the bills and everything are caving in. And it also robs you from the ability to be a blessing for others when there's a need presented and just like joe had mentioned earlier you know people say oh i can't afford to tithe it's like well no we can the the problem is usually it's just mismanagement of money you know cuz if we put our priorities in order and we actually say okay i'm not going to spend so much on this even though i love to do this it takes a little bit of um uh what's that thing called it's a fruit of the spirit D- self control thank you discipline all that stuff you know we feel like oh like you know why are they trying to tell me to do all these things and trying to put me in a cage? You know it's like no, you're you know this is this is good for you. It's good, and I've been going through. It's interesting for the last couple of years I've been going through this very journey of being uh, disciplined. I said this in a message, you know, not long ago, where I said God was showing me and showing us that He wanted us to go from, you know, from being disciplined to being disciplined. You know, meaning, you know, you, you don't want to get the correction. It's, it, it feels better and it, and it serves better if you are exercising self-control in your life. Put it this way. It's better to humble yourself than to be humbled. Yeah. It tastes much different in your mouth. <laughs> the taste is not the same. It's much better for you to humble yourself, to exercise some self-control, some discipline. The, the Bible constantly talks about hope, which, what is hope? Hope is delayed gratification. It is not paying for things with money you don't have. That was the credit card reference. Okay, I'll keep moving. So, I'll just get my water. I'll hide behind the pulpit, you know. But that's why we're doing FPU. That's why, that's why we're doing the Financial Peace University. We're, we're offering class like that because it's it's a natural next step on the roadmap. You know, if if you're someone who's like, man, I do need to get my finances in order. I do need to, like, be a better steward of God's money that he's been so giving to bless me and my family with, then maybe it would be a, it would be upon myself to actually do some sort of a class, some sort of structure that will help me out where... I will learn how to actually have some savings. I will learn how to exercise some discipline and and start to pay off some debts that I've kind of let go that really should just be done with. And it may take some time. It may, you know, it could be six months, it could be 18 months, it could be 24 months, whatever it is. But he wants us to be in a place where we can be a blessing to others. And if and if we aren't people who are capable of managing even just the unrighteous wealth, how then? will we be entrusted with much more? So it's a big thing. So my question for you today really is this, is what has God given to you that you could be doing more with? Not out of a place of striving, or you know, but out of a place of growth, out of a place of stewardship. Or, you know, like um, one thing I've done recently, it's like take inventory of your assets. You know, they aren't always money related, but sometimes they are. And ask God to give you a revelation of how he wants you to use what you've been given and and build support around that and, and, you know, see what God will do. Because we do have time. We do have abilities. You know, we do have treasure. Jesus, you know, again, money, you know, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It doesn't say that's where your heart is. It's like... Your treasure goes, and then your heart's like, dude, 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 I'm going to follow. Like, it, it's not there yet. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go. And so I want us to be a people who are really taking this seriously and want to get these things in order. So, you know, this is, I mean, it's, it's on the roadmap, but it's also a plug for our class uh, starting Thursday night. If, if, uh, if this is something that for you on the financial side, makes sense to have as a next step, I want to encourage you to sign up, to, to take this step of, hey, I want, to, I want to get this right. I want to, you know, honor God with what he's given to me, and I really want to get this in order so that I can not only just have my own stuff in order, but that I can, as the blessing comes, I can be a blessing to others. So that starts Thursday, 6.30, here at the church. Our friend Ashley has been so willing to, to facilitate this. Ashley, can you stand, just because I think some people don't know who you are, but... So Ashley will be leading FPU, <laughs> Financial Peace University, and you'll be going through things like how to save up, how to, how to have an emergency fund, how to get out of debt, how to plan for the future, and that, isn't that what it is? It's about having a vision. We've been talking about this in this whole series. If we don't have a vision, we won't get to where we need to go, because only having a vision will then give you goals that will then give you something to achieve, But there's something about having it in writing and having a plan that makes that all happen. So I want to pray, and um, I don't know where this will go, but we'll see. So Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us. Lord, you've given uh, given us so much to think about. You've given us your spirit. You've given us uh, much more than we could ever know. And I just pray in this place that whatever out of this message stirred up in people, that you would use that. It would be a seed for good fruit. And I ask, Lord, that um, for those who are just feeling like, yeah, you know, I've got a, I really, this is a good next step for me and my family. It's important for future success and making sure that we're in a good spot. I just pray that um, you would just move on hearts today and I ask, Lord, that um, we would be wise in what we do with what we have. We would consider our calendars. We would consider our our bank accounts. We would consider uh, the abilities we have to bless those around us who are in need, that we can be used by you. And I just thank you so much for your presence here in this place. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if that's something that you're interested about, you can sign up on the app. Uh, if you have that. If you don't have the app and you're like, what's the app? Just come and talk to me or Ashley if you saw really quick. I don't know. Um, But just let us know if that's something you plan on being here for this Thursday at 630 at night. And hope you guys have a great rest of the day.